Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. Glad to have you with us for yet another installment of the program. Uh, we are heading into almost the NFL offseason, Mike, one of the dark periods yep, of yep. the sports calendar uh, as the Super Bowl steadily approaches. I'm excited for that, excited to uh, snack a bit. I, I, uh, I will report now here at the end of January. I'm down nine and a half pounds here for the month of January. So wow. pre- pretty on pace. I wanted to be around 10. Uh but the Sunday, I you know went a little crazy with the drinking and eating. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see where I'm at tomorrow. So uh, I, I don't think I will be picking out too much for Super Bowl Sunday. I might have to find, you know, on TikTok and on Instagram, there's always those like weird healthy alternatives where it's like buffalo chicken dip, but it's healthy sort of thing. I don't know. I may find <laughs> one of those. I don't love it that much, but we'll see. Uh, by the way, check out every, all of our social media channels at the DC Crossover on Twitter and at Cerrone16, as, as well as the TikTok DC Crossover podcast there is a great spot. Uh, but yeah, I, I know you were watching, obviously, some big games this weekend on Sunday. I assume you're, you, as you tend to do, I mean, you're, you're the local barman in this town like you <laughs> you have checked out like every <laughs> establishment in the area uh, yeah, i know yeah. you've been trying at chicken sandies at a lot of different places and oh, you're yeah. trying to feel out who's got the best chicken sandwich in the bar world how was this weekend's trip so 
so the chicken sandwich game, I'm telling you right now, I think, I think I would have to say still my favorite is Ned's. Um, okay. Because Ned's, they give you that like, so, I forgot what I forgot. I haven't had it in a while, so I'm trying to figure out what aioli it is. It's cilantro or something aioli on that thing, and they slather that thing with the big old hot sauce and all that stuff. And it's it's a big old breast. I love breasts. Um, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, overall, I think that the carpool one I had recently was actually pretty damn good as well. Now, I wouldn't say that it was on the level of Ned's, but I would say that for sure it is. Uh, up there because their sauce was pretty damn good and the breast was nice and uh, plump. So um, overall, I think their their bread game could have done a little bit better. But I wanted to touch base with you about this weird experience. So obviously last week, and as people out there know, I work for Fairfax County Public Schools. But the biggest thing is, so the quarter ended. And obviously your wife works for Fairfax County as well. Uh, so she, but I don't think she was off in the same way we were. Nope. Um, but, uh, the quarter ended. So obviously, you know, we had to have a, like a day or two of professional development and like, like they squeezed that together. So we had to go do trainings and stuff oh, like disappeared that. Disappeared for a second. But then also what they oh, liked. Th- now you're back. You disappeared for a second. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, see, and that's the thing. I, you disappeared for a second, but I kept going cause I knew it was yeah. going to pop back. All right. Oh, we're, well, I think we're, we're good. Back. We're good. We'll continue. We're so back. we're talking about, uh, right. yeah. Okay. So Te- technical this was staff the, there. this was the, the four day. Yeah, weekend situation. So during, obviously, the uh, longer weekend, because like I said, they like to slam in uh, the the professional developments and all that stuff right, that we're required right, right. to do. So we had uh, professional development, but it was virtual for both of us on Thursday. So Wednesday, we were like, hey, I had to go drop off my car uh, somewhere in, in like the Dulles area. And we we're like, hey, let's try something in Ashburn, because typically we don't go to Ashburn. When we're living in Herndon area, Reston area. Yeah, they call it cash burn out there. Exactly. Everything's expensive. So so Jess looks at this sees this place, and I'm gonna say the name, screw it. I'm not gonna be a sure. sponsor ever. I mean, it's what's a one establishment. It's called the neighbors or the neighborhood or something like that. The neighbors. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like a sports bar or whatever. And it's out there kind of near it's it's probably in the middle of uh, whatever you consider uh, Stonebridge and like Briar Woods like area like those two high schools kind of like the middle there, um, but it's it's Ashburn so it's just uh, out there. Neighbors Sports Bar. There you go. Grill. Yes. Okay. Thank you for looking it up. I forgot it was the neighborhood or neighbors or whatever. And we get there, and right as we walk in, they're blasting like Metallica or something like that. We're like, whoa, what's going on in here? So we didn't go there for a game or anything like that. We just wanted to try something new. Oh, here we go. We're looking at it. <laughs> here's, here's a two-star review. Overall, not good. Burgers inedible. Uh-oh. Cuban made wrong. $4 for a Coke, then overcharged for refills. Pulled pork sandwich was bleh. On the upside, cheese curds were great. Good beer selection. On the upside. You got, uh, <laughs> got some five stars there. Here's one star. There's a one star. Early dinner. Uh, ordered the salad and cheese curds. Apparently, cheese curds is a move there. Service was not welcoming and subpar at best. Took nearly an hour wow. for two salads. Not good. Not good, Mike. Hour for two salads. First of yeah, all, I don't, I don't know how that could. <laughs> this make any sense? Uh, did, did you order the salad, or did you just think about ordering the salad? Ooh, I'm seeing some other. Uh, I'm seeing some other two stars here. We got one star four months ago. And look, we're not trying to kill this place, but I mean, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> That's what we this, should do. Uh, this <laughs> we should just go through places. Good. Here's another one star. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's hear about your experience here. 
So they're blasting Metallica. It's a Wednesday night, okay? okay? okay. And typically these establishments have, you know, uh, you know, every single night they have something going on or whatever it may be, yeah. right? $2 pint Tuesdays. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, trivia nights and, mm-hmm. uh, and bingo nights and all that kind of stuff. So this night was apparently bingo night. And it okay. was like, I don't know if it was classic rock bingo or whatever they considered it. Because when we got there, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it started already. Because the guy was there, apparently it started at 6. And first of all, I was like, whoa, like this guy's there early. I mean, right. t- doing bingo at 6 is really early. So at this bingo. point, yeah, at this point it's like 7.15-ish or so. And then all of a sudden, uh, we get there. And like I said, they're blasting Metallica. You know, there's uh, you know a, a couple, a little older couple over here on this side of the bar. And don't get me wrong, it's a nice little establishment, okay? Because it's it was it, it was I guess purchased right after that location, right after COVID, because it says established in 2022. Yeah. Um, so it, it has to be recent for the most part. But you're looking at it and saying that this group over here, I could tell that those people were like the neighbors, you know. And I'm not saying like the neighbors know, of the neighbors, exactly, because they were like. Four, like four couples and they had all their glasses on they're sitting at a table just like playing bingo and stuff like that and then right as bingo ended they got right the hell out of there not to mention that so i, I it was people watching because there was no games on or anything that yeah was that's all you in. that's all you could do yeah. so we were people watching and then so i i classified them as the neighbors of the neighbors and then you had these two couples over here that you know one of them was just kind of weird it's anyways and then uh, you had this, this, these two moms over there with like seven kids, and they were running around the na- the, the whole entire establishment Hate for that. at least twenty minutes. And like Hate this, that. this, this one older guy is like, "These damn kids!" You know, it's like, it's like, come on now, like you're running around the entire like restaurant. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're sitting there drinking like your your mojito or something like that, while you know little little. Tommy is is sprinting through the bar stools. It's like, what are you doing? It's the uh, worst. It, it's it's look, and even I say this as a parent. It's like when when my kid's old enough to be like running around like crazy, like like that. You're not taking them to that type of establishment. You're yeah. gonna go if you are gonna go out to eat. You're gonna take them to the place where every family is going, like Red Robin or like those types of places where it's like. Everyone brings families there, so it's it's okay if it's that chaotic. A yeah. bar, like a sports bar or bar, you know, it's like taking your kid there. It's like, first of all, there's right, nothing for right. them to do or enjoy. And then you're also just pissing everybody else off. So there's just, I hate <sighs> Yeah, and the funny thing about it was, is by the end of the night, the guy that was running bingo, apparently these kids just kept coming up to him and handing, them, handing him, like, drawings on napkins. I thought you were going to say, like, handing him cash. <laughs> and then I was like... <laughs> Well, he might be okay with that. The, so, so he literally mm. had because I looked over and he had it looked like a tumbleweed size. And he didn't know these people. No, <laughs> okay. it was like it was literally. I, w- I would say I, I like how I referenced tumbleweed as a size. Uh, it was more like a beach ball of just napkins, and he had to go throw in the trash. And I was like, I'm sure this establishment that's only been a uh, less than a year old is pa- is really happy that these kids were drawn on napkins and they use like four wads of napkins it's like it was terrible so the one thing i wanted to get to though about this establishment is is sometimes when you have these type of events it draws in a particular crowd and i i always think that a party foul at a bar is singing over top the music i i know for a fact that yeah yeah, sometimes i like to sing because i know a lot of songs stuff like that but i I sing like kind of like not under my breath but sing 
to the tune of no one really can hear me except myself or someone maybe right next to me. You know, and this guy looked like he was in a band that was like starring in the school rock movie like 30 years ago. His hair oh, was boy. like re- receding. It looked like it was falling out. He had these these beady eye glasses on and he's belting out. So he's just a patron of this establishment. Like, oh, he's yeah. Just there. Oh, yeah. And there was okay. there was there was a, a, a guy with him that had a beard down to his like nipples, and then another person. I don't know. If, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if it was a girl or a guy. Couldn't really sure. tell. And they were sitting there, and this guy is belting out notes like he's. Fr- I was gonna, I was gonna cuss there. Like he's Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath nice. out loud, like going nuts. I tried to record it for you, but I couldn't really get yeah. a good recording because like, I mean the music was so damn loud. But this guy is literally. No joke. I mean, he's Axl Rose or or uh, what's the guy for uh, for um, Motley Crue, uh, v- Vince Neil. Like he's he's like going at it, and I'm like, dude, David Lee Roth. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's killing he, it. He's he killing was going it. he was going nuts. I'm like, dude. I looked at it's Jim a little said, much. I said, what are you? What is this guy doing? Like, okay. You're so this there. was. Let me let me just clarify. So this was not like a karaoke situation no. where he has a microphone or anything no. like that. Because it seems like. I read on on their thing like they do have karaoke nights on like Fridays, yeah. But this was just a Thursday. The music's just blasting because it's blasting, and this guy yep. is just belting one out. Yeah, I mean, literally, the guy sat there and ended up basically saying, "Oh, like I don't even." I'm trying to figure out a song. He was like, "Back in black." Like it's like nice. it's, I was like, "Dude, what are you what are you doing, man?" Like I was like, <laughs> "What are you doing? Like you got to stop this because it was just getting so." Ugh. So do you think he so was this better or worse than uh the guy from Ned's I think that was Oh like, the the Herndon Laffer the Herndon yeah, Laffer. Laffer would you prefer so that's 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 the big question here and you guys can answer as well on social media uh, when you're at the bar do you prefer the crazy loud <laughs> laugher yeah. or the loud singer that's just uh, not karaoke but just singing along to the songs being played in the bar pick your poison which one which one are would you prefer to be in the presence of i mean honestly this guy it was just annoying at some point because the laugh is just like is this real like is this guy for, <laughs> yeah for, for, for yeah. real it's but hilarious. the guy the guy singing just was so he he thought that he was like the coolest guy on the planet because like i said well, he was he literally looked like he was in some garage band from you know the ni- the nineties who was way past the era of metal and all that kind of stuff and just was trying to relive his glory days because like I said he he, he looked kind of I mean he was crusty all right he was very very crusty and, I mean the, sure. the, and and he ended up trying to flirt with the bartender and oh, like, I hate that. he was trying to hold her hand or it was oh, it was weird that, that, man to me the guy <laughs> at the bar that's like by himself or he's with a small group and he's older and he's like just nubs like he's just not a good looking guy but yet he has the confidence to like flirt with these girls yeah. that are probably like 15 years younger and have zero interest in him those are uh, the guys at the bar that annoy the heck out of me like those are the guys where i'm like oh god this is so cringe like please stop yeah. please stop flirting with her she has no interest in you <laughs> she never will 
There, there's. I mean, it's been a while, obviously, since I became a dad that I've been out in the bar scene. But I, I recall some of these characters. But I'll tell you, I, I don't think I've encountered the singer like you did. So you've got the Hernan Laffer, you got the Ashburn singer. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see what you encounter next. I think. I'm sure. Because uh, that is that is insane. Uh, let's hit up the rewind machine. We got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we will start with the Washington Nationals as I'll play some highlights here from Alex Colome, who they signed uh, this past week. They signed him to a minor league deal. As you can see, some of his highlights last year with Colorado. 34-year-old righty reliever, 10 years in the bigs. Uh, last year, kind of a down year, 5.74 ERA in about 47 innings. And then... Uh, his really his last best season was about 2019, so three, uh, you know, four years ago with the White Sox, where he posted a 2.80 ERA in 54 innings. He also had a great ERA in the pandemic shortened season. So this is another one of those signings. He's it's a minor league deal. You kind of see if he wins a job out of camp because the Nats actually do have somewhat of a steady bullpen arms. They've got a lot of guys like Kyle Finnegan and guys that have been around a bit. Right. Um, so you sign this guy, you see how he looks in spring training. If he does a good enough job, you bring him up to the big club and then uh, to, to out of the gate, out of the spring training. And then from there, if he does anything similar to what he did in 2019, we do, as we've talked about on the show multiple times, you flip him. That's that's kind of the move here at this point. So column A, 34 your old receiver signed by the Nationals. Let's move over to the Caps, who played three games this past week. So the Caps, not a great week for them as a whole, but still 26-20-6, the fourth in the Metro Division. Loss to the Avs, 3-2 on Tuesday. Sheary and Ovi with goals. Kemper allows three goals and 26 shots. So... <laughs> Excuse me. His uh, his output not the best that you would like to see, but overall uh, he ended up coming back on Thursday and beating the Pens in a huge game in a shootout. Uh, came up with a couple good saves in the shootout as well. Ovi and Johansson scored in regulation. Backstrom scored the deciding goal in the shootout. But overall, they were down one nothing after one shot uh, so far in the shootout. So that was good to come out and get two points to gain another point on the Pens. But then they lost to Toronto on Sunday in an ugly one, 5-1. to one. The Leafs score four of their five goals in the second period. Sam Sonoff for the Leafs. Had 23 saves, so that's good to talk about. Uh, Kemper allowed four goals and 20 shots. Lindgren, one goal on seven shots. So, one, once again, one of those typical type of, uh, I guess you could say, Caps games that you can just like say, all right, we're just going to throw this one away, not really worry about it too much overall. But moving on to the team that, for some reason, just likes to win and lose every single other game. It's just it's, oh, it's irritating. The Wizards. Yeah, the Washington Wizards uh, actually had a strong week this week. Uh, three wins in uh, last week, starting it off with Dallas on Tuesdays. You can see some of the highlights from that one. 127-126, the win there. Kyle Kuzma, 30 points, and he made the game-winning free throw with 4.2 seconds left. Uh, Luca, big game from him, 41 points and 15 boards. Uh, Wizards swept the two-game series with Dallas for the second consecutive season, which prior to that they hadn't done for, like, 14 or 15 seasons. So kind of a crazy uh, stat there as we will move to the Rockets game on uh, on uh, Wednesday, 108-103. Wizards get the win there. Kyle Kuzma, 33 points, 
on the game. Uh, he's been really solid. 20 of those 33 were all in the fourth quarter. Uh, Wizards actually trailed by as much as 19 points and uh, were trailed by 10 entering the fourth, and they beat the Rockets. And then Saturday's game against the Hornets, 113-103 win. Uh, Gafford ties his season high with 21. Uh, this makes five straight wins for the Wiz kids uh, as KP misses his third straight game. And so the Wizards are now ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, that you know, you trade Rui, you kind of wonder what the team's going to look like uh, from that. And at least for now, I mean, it's it hasn't been too bad as you look at the standings here. So the Wizards currently sit uh, right under the Hawks. And right above the Bulls, tied with a record for the Bulls, but I think we have the head-to-head. So, you know, it's ninth place here. You still would have to climb quite a bit. I mean, the Knicks have four more wins, the Heat have five more. So getting into the top five does not seem possible, but it does seem like there could be some shuffling here at the seven, eight, nine spot is is still possible for the WizKids, um, especially... The big thing with them is, and it's talked about uh, on this show and in, in Wizards Land, is they just haven't been healthy. Like, you haven't had the combination of Beal, Kuzma, and KP all healthy at the same time much at all. And while we still, I'm still a proponent of, I'd rather not finish in ninth place, I'd rather just tank and try to go lower. Um, you know, we still have some games left to be played. You've got like 30, you know, 30 or so games left to be played maybe if those guys are all healthy at the same time, you put together a good run, you win 9 of 10, you win 11 of 13, that sort of streak, and maybe you get into the top six. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's even worth doing because the Celtics are a better team, the Sixers are definitely a better team, the Bucks are a better team, the Nets are always up and down, the Cavs are, are usually up and down, but the Cavs are having a good season. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth being good <laughs> this year, honestly. Right. I mean, honestly, don't get me wrong. I love seeing the uh, Wizards or the Caps. I mean, the Caps is a typical one, but the Wizards go into the playoffs because it's fun to watch your team in the playoffs. I mean, even if you know it's going to be a struggle for them to move on, it's fun to watch the team sure, go out there that's fair. That's and, fair. and get some get some publicity. But at the same time, you know, would you rather get, again, like we always say, a top six pick or a top five pick for the most part or make the playoffs and not make it to the second round or go to the playoffs and, you know, lose almost immediately. Uh, I, I just right. think that you need to honestly look at this team. And honestly, I think now, now that we've won three straight at least, I, I think the Kuzma thing is done. I think there is zero chance they trade him. I think there is zero chance unless they just get blown out in like the next like three or four games. Uh, I, I just think that you're looking at it and saying he, he's staying no matter what, and they're going to try to sign him, which is not going to be the the ideal situation for us. Um, but that's just how it is, and I think that honestly, you know, yes, Tommy Shepard has gotten you know a bunch of s for basically making moves and trying to do different things, but. I think now, you know, he's trying to say, I got some pieces. Let me just hope that they're going to stay healthy and maybe we'll ascend to be a top six team. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think that you're looking at how the horseshoe is is really with us when it comes to having KP be healthy because he's typically not healthy. 
Beal has been uh, very, very unhealthy this season, yeah. missing games every single week, He's it feels trouble. like. Yep. And, and Kuzma, looking at it, that you have his mental stability. Do you think that this guy is going to come out and say, like, I hate this team, I hate this front office, I hate this, I hate that? Uh, I, I just think that the dominoes are starting to not really align for, oh, we got a nice team brewing. Because when you're looking at it, I just think that it, it, t- it only takes one of them, like a Kuzma, to come out and start saying something and be like a cancer in the locker room to all of a sudden now you know the team isn't happy. So then KP's not going to be happy on the floor with them or Beal's not going to be happy on the floor. It just kind of right. goes on and on, which I think that, honestly, it would be fun to watch them in the playoffs. But at the, at this point, I'm just, I'm just not invested. I'm just not invested. I'll watch the games. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just not invested. Yeah, it's hard to connect with this team in the same way we did the team's past. I mean, the the mo- one of the most connections I had with the Wizards prior to or post like the Gill years and stuff were the Wall, Beal, Porter, you know, like those te- uh, Gortat, like those teams I feel like I had the most connection with. Obviously they were good teams or making it to Eastern Conference Finals and such. Um that helps, but also it's just I feel like there was so many good characters to root for, you know, Kelly Oubre and all these guys uh, on those squads compared to now where it's like uh, there's not a ton of guys where I'm, like, super hyped to watch night in and night out. There's good players, obviously, but there's not the guys that you have the same connection with as maybe you did in years past. I mean, Denny has been good. Um, people are immediately pointing to, you know, Rui and being like, all right, now that Rui's gone, Denny's thriving it's like all right i mean it's small sample size let's give it a little more time it's also it's like uh you know denny thrives in movement and running up and down and not as not just being a guy you stick in the corner and hope for a, a corner three he definitely needs a ball in his hands he needs to be moving around so maybe the floor has opened up a little bit with Rui gone i don't know they weren't even really playing the same position honestly uh, so we'll see. I, I don't. We, we don't have to spend too much time on this because we got some more stuff to get to. But uh, we will, of course. Now, once football season ends, it's going to be a lot of basketball talk, people. So uh, <laughs> yeah. get ready for that. Uh, let's move into some football talk here, as it was obviously a big weekend uh, in the sport of football. Uh, you know, we'll we'll start with this this Eagles game, Mike, um, which I know. Uh, of the two games, of course, th- this was the dud, and the other game was more of the stud uh, as uh, you, you check out some of the highlights. By the way, we do put up the show on YouTube, so if you want to see highlights of the games and stuff we're talking about and uh, all that stuff, follow the show on YouTube. But I, I, the Eagles, and, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on this, the Eagles, in my opinion, uh, obviously you don't lock into the record they got th- they had this year. I mean, they did win some some big games. But if we're talking about your easiest path to the Super Bowl, oh yeah, you're playing against a team with a quarterback who, who whose arm and they came out today. He tore his UCL apparently, um, uh, and you know the the t- I mean there was just no way the 49ers were going to win this game once some of these guys got banged up. Uh, so talking about an easy path, I'm 31-7 win there. This game was really never in doubt for the most part, and the Eagles kind of luck into a Super Bowl. Uh, championship. I know. I know the Eagles fans aren't going to be happy. I said that, but I mean, can it get easier than this? <laughs> right. I mean, you're looking at certain situations like the NCAA tournament, and you're also looking at uh, Super Bowl runs and and just different things of that nature. Where you know people sit there and say, "Well, you know, you play who's in front of you," which is which is true. Fair. That's, fair. That, that's, that's fair. Sure. 
but the thing about it is, is just exactly doesn't mean we can't criticize it. Exactly. Just like you said, they played a Giants team that a they killed during the season because they match up really well against them because they are one of the best run stuffing teams for the most part. Uh, one of the best defenses as a whole in the NFL, and the Giants are a run-heavy team. You know, they they don't have really anybody on the outside that can match up with Darius Slay and so on and so forth. So you're looking at it and saying that was an easy game. Okay, I, I thought the Giants might keep it close just because it's a division game, but obviously that didn't happen. But my main concern was that when you're looking at this game, I thought the Niners' defense, and you could see it in my picks. Obviously, I got it wrong that I thought the Niners' defense was going to be able to hold the Eagles, which they did for a ton of the game. You look at the score, and the score is lopsided. Why? Because the sole fact that the Gi- or excuse me, the Niners couldn't do anything with the ball, mainly yeah. for the sole fact that they had a, a, a guy that was picked very last in the draft who had some <laughs> minor success in the league so far, mainly because of the defense and some of the weapons that he has. Okay, that's great. He gets hurt. You bring in Josh Johnson. I saw something yesterday on Twitter that Josh Johnson has been on, I, I think. Like, I think in, like 15 teams or something. In 14 years. And that yeah. includes teams in different, uh, I guess you could say, uh, leagues. <laughs> I mean, he was in, I think he was in, the, he was in the XFL. He was in the CFL. I mean, this guy has been all over the place. Anything, anyone that will say, hey, can you come be a backup or a starter for us in our league? He just signs with them, no matter what, apparently. He was with the Niners like three different times yeah. over the last 14 years. He was with the 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 then Redskins and all that kind of stuff. So he's been, he's been with so many damn teams to the point where it's like, all right, <laughs> this guy is just going to be out there and not really do much. Yes, they tied it up 7-7. That was great. But the problem is, is that once he got hurt, they sat there, and as you see on our screen right now, uh, the Bucks, Niners, Mountain Lions – uh, Browns, Bengals, Niners again, Bengals again, Jets, Colts, Bills, Ravens, Giants, Texans, Raiders, Redskins, San Diego Fleet, wherever the hell that is. Uh, besides, I mean, not say obviously San Diego, but whoever is that the, like who, XFL maybe. Or no, it's not XFL. It's nineteen. And the XFL. It, it might have been the arena. Yeah. Then yeah. you got the L.A. Wildcats. Um, you know, it's just like all these teams all over the place. So, you, so you're saying like, once <laughs> wow. he got hurt. And they had to bring in a guy that was already ruled out of the game. Now, specifically, okay, I didn't hear this because I was actually driving home at that point. So Jess said that, that said to me that, oh yeah, they said they're going to put in McCaffrey. Why didn't they put in McCaffrey? I don't get it. Yeah, like, it didn't make sense. I mean, they were even saying on the broadcast they were like, run the Wildcat with McCaffrey. You know, uh, do do something to change it up a bit because yeah, you don't have any a reliable arm there at quarterback yeah, yeah. and you can't just hand the ball off every single play so why not do some wildcat do some you know stonebridge uh old school little yeah. uh little yeah. single wing or whatever yeah. they, wing, wing you know, tee stuff like wing that tees, yeah. all that stuff it's like you gotta have a backup plan i mean you're going into the game already with like your third quarterback this season if you're the niners fourth like, that was their fourth, fourth. Tra- you're right, Trey you're right, Lance, you're right. Garoppolo. yeah it's like it's it's, it's nuts yeah so I it's mean, like you gotta think like we gotta have ugh. a backup plan for this well that was the best part though man is that when you look Literally saw McCaffrey go out there. I mean, uh, Purdy came back in the game. McCaffrey was just getting beat to hell because of the whole fact that they had 10 plays, nine were running, and they were down by three scores because the guy couldn't throw the ball. Yeah. Like you saw, like you said earlier, 
The guy tore his UCL, wherever the hell that is, in the elbow, and he couldn't throw the ball. He threw one pass, and it was like four yards, and I'm sure he went over to, to Shanahan and said, my arm hurts like hell. I can't throw the ball. And then they kept him in for some reason. And then all of a sudden, McCaffrey goes in the Wildcat. They do this double, triple, quadruple, axle, reverse thing, and then he tries to throw it, and he throws it to literally – there was more specks of grass right there yeah, than literally the, the, the people on the about. planet. I mean, it was unbelievable. He threw it, and no one the was even The camera didn't even know where to go. <laughs> the camera was like, because you know these camera guys, they anticipate the passes and things yeah, like that. Even right. the camera guy was like, I have no idea where he's throwing this football. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like zooming out. He's like, I lost the ball. He threw it somewhere. I don't even know yeah, where they probably won't at. show it in the highlights, unfortunately, yeah. because, yeah, that, that would be – that would be a great uh, thing to see again because, yeah, it was literally – I remember the exact play you're talking about. All this fancy stuff in the backfield, and then he just launches up a turd, and, and then it just falls <laughs> to the ground. It's like a duck just falling out of the yeah, air. it was terrible. I, it, so, so I just didn't understand because you were still technically in the game. Now, I understand that you were down you know, by two scores, 21-7 at one point, stuff like that, and then all of a sudden it kind of ballooned a little bit. But – when you know that you're not going to be able to throw the ball and you're just going to run the entire time. I mean, they ran it nine out of ten times being down by so many scores in the fourth quarter. So they right. literally just stacked the box with eight guys just in case there was a trick play or something, like Debo's annual throw it or something. And all of a sudden, they literally just sat there and they were like, well, what are we supposed to do? And, and I, just, I just think that, honestly, Shanahan was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go out there and, and, and embarrass us ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of the biggest things that he didn't want to go out there and have McCaffrey in the NFC championship game, throwing passes to Debo Samuel 20 yards down the field and all of a sudden be down 52 to nothing. Cause I don't know. I just think that actually was running through his mind, but you know, obviously saw like Josh Johnson, he didn't even, he couldn't even feel the shotgun snap. And that's why the, the Eagles ended up scoring the second time. So I just think, like you said, I think the Eagles, you know, they have an easier road, obviously. I think the Niners had a chance if Purdy was healthy. But to me, you look at it and just say, it, once he went out, it, the game was pretty much over for the most part. Because, honestly, it, it just it just went to a certain situation that the, the Niners just couldn't hang on. And, yes, okay, the Eagles get the credit they deserve. But it wasn't like they, they stunned the world and, and, and they right, went out there yeah. and, and lit the world on fire. Because you look at it and say, okay, Devontae Smith didn't catch that ball, which I think is hilarious because all the Eagle fans right now are like sharing this this catch out with Devontae, and they're like, "Eagles are flying high!" Like <laughs> it, it was an incomplete pass. Like yeah. what do you what do you talk? Anyways, so Devontae Smith doesn't catch that; they kick a field goal, so that's four points right there. Not to mention, if Josh Johnson's not in the game, I mean, let's be honest here, Purdy probably handles that snap and they don't fumble it, so that's another seven points right there. So it's like you look at it right there; that's that's twenty one to seven. So you think that they, they could have easily got back because of the sole fact that when your offense isn't doing anything, I mean, your offense can't do anything, and the defense is just getting wore out. And it, it's, it, it's, just, it's just sad because I thought that game was going to be a lot better than it was, and honestly, they just kind of got screwed out of, uh, of something like that with, with some bad luck. Right, and, and I think one of, the, one of the things that it comes back to is you see the one-handed Smith catch that was not uh, – <sighs> one one of the things that we and I don't think it's just being a DC sports fan, but I think I think other fan bases feel this way as well. But Philly fans, in particular, and they're proud of this, are some of the most annoying fans in the game. I mean, we saw we see it here at Nats Park uh, with Philly fans that 
you know, especially pre-World Series, it, it was like anytime the Phillies were in town, the stadium was going to be three-fourths Philly fans, and yeah. if you were going to try to go, go to the game, you were just going to have to deal with them being obnoxious and being drunk and yelling at you at your own stadium, and it's like, it was always like, this is just a bad experience every time the Philly fans are in town, because like, they're just, it's just not going to be fun. It's just going to be you dealing with them being obnoxious all game long. And then, you know, even post-World Series, you still see it too. Well, now, especially that the Phillies are good again, you've got uh, the Philly fans are out of the woodwork there. Uh, Eagles fans have always been extremely annoying. E-A-G-L-E-S, you know, shouting that all the time. And it's like, you know, all right, yes, you've had some some really solid teams over the years, the McNabb years and things like that. It's like there's some been some likable guys in Philly, but obviously being Washington fans and being in the same division, that's been annoying. Um, you know, so I, I feel like there is – there's just a certain level of um, – and, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on this too, but it feels like there's a certain level of entitlement, like sports entitlement, not quite like the level of like New York fans, uh, but Philly fans are more like um, just kind of douchebags, I guess. Like, you know, like they're, uh, they're, they're more obnoxious about it. Like New York fans right, are so right. like, you know, smarmy and like, you know, like we're Starkey, better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Philly fans aren't necessarily saying they're better than everyone else, but they're, they're just going to be, just more obnoxious than everybody else. Like they're going right. to make your time. You, they're going to make you miserable if you're at the game near them. Like that's their goal. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is about fa- uh, fans in Philadelphia, th- th- they embrace it. It's like they love it. Do you, you talk to a Philly fan and you're like, man, I hate Philly fans? They go, yeah, yeah, we're. I know we suck. We, you know, yeah, but they love it. They love the, being we're the. We're the worst, but we we love our teams like more than anybody else. We're the worst, but we're the best. Like, yeah, no, no, there is no worst and best. You can't have a. You can't bake a cake and say, well, this is the best cake, but it's also the worst cake too. Like you, can, <laughs> you can't you can't say something like that. It just makes no sense. So, I was thinking about it today, and I heard you know last night because I didn't see it on the news or anything like that but apparently uh you know eagle fans were throwing eggs which is hilarious because eggs cost like a million dollars right now you're wasting eggs trying to chuck them at niner fans walking into the stadium that's just ridiculous so my vitriol towards philly fans is just that they're so like cocky even when their teams are not great because they they say that oh we're the we're the best sports town at the, okay sweet you can have situations out there where all of a sudden you know yeah great you know you have you have a great atmosphere or something like that but we've seen situations time and time again where these fans out in Philly just like to per, berate you and they, they, I mean you, you like like we're seeing on the screen right now. This guy's flicking people off and they're yeah, screaming at people. This is literally faces. just somebody like walking to the stadium. Really? Like, just Vikings fans that are literally just trying to walk into the stadium. And on the video, you've got Philly fans that are screaming at them, flicking them off, yelling at them, booing at them. And they're and, and the Vikings fans and, and look, we're just getting one side of the video, but it doesn't seem to be like these Viking fans are really doing anything. They're just literally right. just walking to the stadium. And these Philly fans are all just going nuts and they're like i'm sure challenging them to fights and all this sort of stuff and it's like this is part of why i i you know sometimes just hate going i I don't really want to go to nfl games because i just see behavior like this especially not in philly i'm not going to go to a philly game that's for sure see for for me i've been to a million cowboys redskins games in my time okay and yes there is bickering back and forth there's trash talk left and right but it doesn't 
end up being a, I mean, uh, I mean, I'll use this reference for Philly, a Rocky Balboa Apollo Creed fight. I mean, we're all there to enjoy the entertainment of sport. We're in there to root on our teams. We're not there just to sit there and flip the freaking big birds right in people's faces while they're just walking into the damn stadium to watch the game. That's the the crazy thing. Here's a a small list that I made up that I'll run through very, very quickly about why Philly fans and, uh, you know, Phillies fans and Eagles fans and Flyer fans, they all suck. They all are terrible. (laughs) There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you want to at me or if you want to, you know, comment or whatever. I'm not saying that every single Philly fan is bad. Okay. It's, it's the small pocket of say 20% of your fans that just like to make your city look like trash. Okay. Cause I know some people that are from Philly and different things of that nature that are really good people and they're really good fans and they love their teams. But the problem is sure. you're looking at the ones in this list that have some issues at home. I don't know what it is in 1983. They assaulted Chief Z, the Redskins' old mascot. I guess you could say you call him a mascot. In Philly, twice during the game and after the game. It ended up being, I think, the group of the same people. And it resulted in Chief Z breaking his leg. (laughs) Okay? He broke his leg because they assaulted him twice. Insane. 2010, fans were being escorted out of the stadium intentionally stuck fingers in their throat and threw up all over an 11-year-old girl. Intentionally. Like, what? I mean, that's insane. 2015-2016 NFL season. A fan uh, decides to, or two fans decided to burn Deshaun Jackson's jersey after he had no control over being cut by the team during Chip Kelly's run. The guy played six seasons for you, made three Pro Bowls and all pro twice, and you start to burn his jersey. Like, are you serious? Another one. 2016 Phillies game. 37 years old Ryan Howard. Okay, Ryan Howard was literally oh, sorry, Ryan Howard sorry, started playing the thing. You're, you're good. Ryan Howard yeah. was literally 37 years old. End of his career. It's the last year of his career. He ended up going, played 13 years all in Philly, three-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, MVP. Yeah, this was a guy who was like uh, emblematic of, he was a symbol for Philly baseball for quite a while, was Ryan right. Howard for sure. His, his, his last season, his last season he goes out there and all of a sudden, He's, he grounds out in the end of a game, and the guy throws a beer bottle at him while he's walking back yeah, to the dugout. Just insane. I mean, that's insane. That's like me going to school uh, and going to work, and all of a sudden some parent just comes with a baseball bat and just chucks it at me while I'm walking into the building. Like, it makes no yeah. sense. The worst one I see is 2016, the Flyers owner, CEO, and founder, Ed Snyder, passes away from a two-year battle with cancer. Okay, Did a lot for the team, founded the team for the Flyers in Philly. The fans were given wristbands that lit up, and they lit them all up at the beginning of the game in the dark, just trying to honor this guy. And meanwhile, it was the Washington Capitals there, six to one in the in the late game, okay, or later in the game, I should say, six to one they were up, and all of a sudden, they start chucking the wristbands on the ice for a dead guy. The guy's dead, and they throw the wristbands. All, it was a ton of them too. They had to get those stupid little ice shovel things uh, that they that they scoop up all the all the the ice after uh, they do the zamboni or crap. They had to go get those the little ice things to scoop up all, and they literally delayed the game. They gave the Flyers a penalty for delay a game because the fans were acting like morons, throwing wristbands on the ice. It was unfreaking believable they did that. And I watched that game live. Literally, the game was delayed. By at least 15, 20 minutes on TV. 
They were yeah, just like you can see on the screen right now. Yeah, all yep. the people coming out to sweeping up the the PA announcer saying like, "Don't throw them on the ice. Like, please, come on, don't do that." Well, he and, was saying he was saying, "Show some class. This is Philly," and I'm like, "This is ridiculous." Not to mention Wayne Simmons. Okay, Wayne Simmons was a really good player for the Flyers. He sat there and was like, "Guys, stop this." Like, okay, it's just a game. First of all, the series wasn't over. It was a, it was the third the, the third game in the series. Caps were whipping their butt, so it didn't really matter. But you're looking at it and saying the fans were throwing literally the wristbands at Caps players too on the bench. Yeah. Dmitry Orlov got pelted right in the in the neck with one of these damn wristbands that lit up. It was just insane, insanity. And last one, 1999, J.D. Drew was drafted by the Phillies, refused to play for him, which I'm not surprised. Then he came to the stadium the next time with the opposing team, and they threw batteries at him. It's unbelievable. And I saw a quote today also that Doug Peterson, when he was hired by Philly, he played for Philly. But when he was when he was playing for Philly, they ended up throwing, he said, the D type of batteries. So D batteries at him. He said he was spit on. He was like, it's like, what what is wrong with this city, man? Like, it's just insane. I just don't get it. It's un- unbelievable. It, and it's part of the identity now at this point is like, you know, we're Philly scumbags. Like, that's who we are. We embrace that. And it's just, at this point, it's kind of like, nah, it's not funny. It's really not. It's just kind of obnoxious and it's annoying and it's like, it's just pointless. And, and again, like you said, we're not painting with a brush. I mean, we're trying not to paint with too broad of a brush. Like, obviously not all right, Philly right. fans are like that, but a lot of them are. I'd say the majority of them are. That's I why mean, I said 20% <laughs> is a heavy percentage. I mean, yeah. you, have, you have, you know, you look at certain, you know, situations where you have rivalries and you have different things like that. Like, I don't see certain cities around. I don't, I don't even know a, another city. Like you can't consider New York. Cause like you said, they're like snarky and they think they're better than everybody else. And, 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 you know, they're just, they're snippy, but they're not sitting there like literally just flipping you the bird and telling you to go F yourself and jump off a building. Like these guys literally are telling you to go kill yourself yeah. because you're showing up in a, in a, in a Chicago bears Jersey. I team think it doesn't like- care. Well, like I think of it as which stadium would I be most uncomfortable wearing my team's jersey in? And I'd say Philly has got to be towards the top of the list. Like I think it, if not the top, I mean, I know like things get crazy in California with some of those teams. I mean, you hear a lot of, a lot of fights in the parking lot, people like dying in the parking lot and getting beat up. But some of that is, I, I don't think is as frequent as, what you see in some of the videos and TikToks and things like that with what happens in Philly with the, those games. Unreal. So I think I think that would be my most uncomfortable situation if I was there. So uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with all. I mean, your your overlying point as far as I've always hated Philly fans. I mean, I always find them extremely obnoxious. I, I hate Philly teams for the most part. Uh, so screw them. Screw them. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's do, before we do trivia. It tastes like a stuffing that you'd Let's do a little uh, food review. Seafood crepe. Yeah, that's seafood crap. When you take a bite of that cod, it's almost like you've got a breaded condom in your mouth. It's like it's been left out for days and it's been attacked by cats. Dry and tasteless. It's dry, it's dry. How dry that is. Bland as anything. It is bland. Bland. There's no seasoning in there. Everything's bland. Bland. It's bland. Pasta's bland. I don't even think he likes the water. Little food review time. Mike and I both brought some snacks to the table here. Uh, I know it's been a little while since we've done one of these, so we wanted to bring you bring you our food review here. Uh, do you want to go first or second today? I'll go second. Okay. 
So I will start with uh, this snack, the Lay's Poppables uh, Honey Barbecue Flavor. So I looked it up. So these have been around about five, six years. I've never tried one of these before. My guess is most folks haven't. I, I can't imagine these being super, super popular. Uh, but I'm interested to, to see how this goes. So they're perfectly poppable, crispy potato bites is, is how they're framed. Um, so my guess is the idea is this is a somewhat healthier alternative to just straight up chips. Calories on this one, uh, 25 or 28 pieces is 150 calories. So not bad. Wow. I mean, 28 pieces is quite a lot. We'll see how big they are. Uh, I did honey barbecue flavor because I, I like that flavor, and I figured that was going to be my best bet to actually get a good one here. Um, so I'll, I'll take one of these out. So, yeah, it's weird. It's like this little, wow. like, pine cone, like, waffle type <laughs> thing here. Pine cone. It's not that big. Um, it's got some bar, if my camera focuses. Yeah, it's a got little, some little dust. Got some barbecue dust here. Smells pretty good. So definitely has that barbecue flavor. So the interesting thing with this will be how does it taste as far as like in this form? Like with this like right, right. strange kind of honeycomb form, what does it taste like? So I'm going to pop a couple of these poppables in my mouth. So uh, my biggest question is, so when you look at, for instance, like a waffle fry, so those that kind of makes me look, think of like a waffle fry kind of deal at Chick-fil-A, if it's not salted enough, even though the waffle fry is great, if it's not salted enough because the salt falls through the squares of the waffle fry, it, it just doesn't taste great. So the dust on there looks pretty good. Is it, is it the size of a thumb? <laughs> uh, a little smaller than a thumb. Oh, smaller than a thumb. Oh, it's a little smaller than I thought. Yeah, this is my thumb. It's okay. uh, Yeah, here. It's, I'm, it's, saying that, I'm saying like the, th- the, the top of your thumb, not like the, not, not the finger uh, length. Okay. <laughs> All right, hey, you know what? Got to do the bag test though. The bag test is uh, hmm. there. There he goes. <laughs> the bag test. <laughs> you need to work on your bag test technique, man. Every time you do it, like it's coming, pop right back out. Okay. Okay. Um. Interesting. So, the whole idea here seems to be keeping things lighter, airier. Like there's not, it's not a, t- it's not a thick chip. Obviously, it's right. Um, so I, I guess my first question would be, what is the point of it? Kind of like, I don't necessarily, and I don't have the Lay's um, regular barbecue chip calories in front of me, but yeah. I can't imagine it being that different to make this worth it. Like if, if I'm gonna eat barbecue honey barbecue chips. I'm just going to eat honey barbecue chips. Like, this version of them, this doesn't make them better. Like, this is not... If this was maybe, like, uh, not... Like, doesn't have the big gap in the middle, and if this was, like, actually a full snack, like, it was filled in the middle and not empty, that could make it interesting. Like, if it had a little bit extra potato barbecue-type flavor in the middle, and it was almost, like, filled a bit. But this is literally just air in between these holes here. So I don't really, I don't really get it, Mike. Well, see, the biggest thing about these chip companies is that there is an innovative team. The team has to go out there and think of other things to make, and that's the problem. Is a lot of it is just like forming it in a different way to the point where it's not really needed. It's just another marketing technique to sell other things and to stock the shelves more 
with more of their product. And that's the thing. It's like you can't just keep making Lay's chips for the rest of your eternity. You have to, you have to come up with something new. And obviously things are swings and misses. And this could be a uh, Ryan Howard, as we refer back to our last topic, a Ryan Howard 37-year-old yeah. uh, season, uh, 136 average. Like these people are saying, light and crispy, they have you coming back for more because of the different texture, airy, crunchy, flavorful chip. I think what I would like to try is probably try to find a spicy chip right. that they have and, and see like if they have like a jalapeno chip or I don't know something more in the spice arena because then that could be interesting I could see that being good because you know uh, with spice you don't want it to necessarily be too big and heavy and so maybe uh, having that would, would at least give you a little more kick because otherwise I mean if I was to rate this snack Mike I'd probably put it down in like the two range I mean this is honestly People keep just keep saying in, in the, like the reviews I'm reading, like the seasoning is super flavorful, like uh, it's so light and airy, and it's just like why it doesn't really need to be. Like if I'm eating chips, I'm gonna eat chips. I'm not gonna eat these instead to save uh, two calories or something like that. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. So no, these are a two out of five from for uh, for me. These Lay's poppable honey barbecue. I am interested to see if they have spicy ones. Otherwise, this is a dud. Dud. All right, so I think I have a stud for my snack, okay? My snack okay. is, and I've held on to it for like three weeks now because I wanted to save it. Yeah, I'm interested. The Entenmann's, our man Entenmann, rest in peace. Yeah. The, I'm trying to get it on the camera. That's better. The Entenmann's mini brownie chocolate chip cake. That looks intriguing. It that is, looks it, very it, intriguing. Very intriguing. So now, yours had a little bit of a healthiness kind of added towards it. This is not. This is right. uh, this is like on the old school boxing. Because I had like plot. the hostess. <laughs> well, oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant when I tried. Because remember, in the drinking show, I had yep. like a cookie brownie combo, but it was a different type. So this is this is a, a different thing. So if you think back in math terms, back when you were in middle school and you figured out box and whisker plots, mm -hmm. because this is literally the whisker on the very right of the unhealthy scale. <laughs> I right, mean, right, right. One of these cakes is two hundred twenty calories. Which Love is it. not going to work Go out. Go ahead and pound like five of those tonight. <laughs> hey, if I was drinking, I probably would be. All right, <laughs> here we go. So, All right, so it's a cookie brownie oh. combination uh, type yes. cake. I'm going to show it to you on the camera. Yeah. So it should, in theory, you should be able to taste some familiar uh, chocolate chip cookie uh, uh, taste aspects, and but you should also be able to really be hit by the fudge kind of brownie aspect. I love chocolate, man. I love chocolate. Yeah, Here that go. looks good. Uh, only only thing I'm worried about is that I can't do a bag test, which is my normal thing. Yeah, no bag test for this one. So he's going to take a bite. And, again, the key with this is you, you it, if it marries the chocolate chip cookie flavor to, like, the brownie cake, then we might have a winner here. If the cookie is completely masked by the brownie chocolate cake aspect, then I'm, I'm not as, as happy about it because I think it needs to be able to shine. All of those aspects need to be able to shine. Okay. So. You need a good old cold glass of milk. I know. I should, I should have done that. Yeah. I don't know if I have any milk in here. All right. So at first, my first initial reaction is, wow, this is dry. But as you get into the goods mm -hmm. and your second like bite down, it actually turns a little moistier. That's okay. not a word. 
moisture. And you definitely get the mixture because on the box, it has the chocolate chip cookie like in the center of the brownie. Right. So you get the ratios pretty well. Now, the brownie obviously surrounds the cookie for the most part. But looking at it, it's it's kind of it's kind of damn good. I'm not going to lie. It's actually, okay. I mean, for how, how unhealthy it is, it should be good, to be honest with you. Let's be honest well, here. Yeah. Uh, but looking at it, I mean, this thing is delectable, man. Like, I mean, honestly, because if you look at it on the camera, if I can I mean, it's, it. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. It's like, it's a pretty good ratio. So the cookie ratio. does reach down into the center. So I like that. Okay. So it it's does a, it's dip down. It's a good down. ratio. Yeah. So honestly, looking at it, I, I can never go wrong with Entenmann's. I mean, some things are like, eh, but I mean... The zingers, the the honey bun things. I mean, the oh, yeah. the, the mini uh, chips ahoy or mini uh, not chips ahoy, the mini chocolate chip cookies. Like Entenmann's, you know, he did it right. Entenmann did yeah. it right. Mr. Entenmann did it right. And honestly, these have to be put up there in our snacks taste test. Now, are they going to be up there with again fudge rounds and uh, you know the the chocolate covered donuts and all that kind of stuff? Right. I don't know if it's going to be that high. But, but it sounds like it's it's pretty decent. What what is uh what are you thinking score wise out of five? Score wise out of five, I'd have to give it a solid four. Honestly, wow. solid four. It's not gonna be a four point five or like a ooh man, this thing is making me want to take my clothes off. Um, mm, but it, it's yeah. definitely it can't one all of, be like that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those where it's like, man, I really need a sweet treat, and this thing is gonna do the do the dan- dance with me. So you need a nice cold glass of milk with that. <laughs> uh, dip that. Di- imagine if you dip that in the milk a little yeah, bit. It, if, it, oh, if I had man. milk right now, man, I, my clothes would be off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta do a shirtless show one day uh, where uh, we just uh, eat <laughs> snacks. <laughs> just, just, just shirt- shirtless. I mean, Burt Kreischer over the here. The people, the people listening are like, uh, we don't eat that. Um, <laughs> Okay, so that those are our two snacks we brought to the table today. You have a winner. I have a dud. Definitely don't buy the Poppables, but buy those Entenmann's. What is the yeah. official name on it? Entenmann's D- Mini Brownie Chocolate Chip Cakes. Mini Brownie Chocolate Chip Cakes. I mean, with a name like that, it better be good I mean, like you, that. You see, you see it on the box. You know, you're, you know what I'm talking yeah, you, about. You know what you're getting there. Um, we're going to skip over the final lap tonight. Not a whole lot to talk about. And let's just move into the trivia before we hit up the money line as we enter Mike's Trivia Cafe. We're going to have to get, I said we're going to have to get, we're going to have to get, we're going to have to get back into uh, your questions for me for Detroit. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I will. And I may even just bring in some of those dozen questions. Uh, sure. Uh, for uh, I did buy <laughs> random those, trivia. <laughs> yeah, for those barstool fans out there, uh, I bought the dozen trivia card games, so I've got a lot of those questions. Um, but I, there's sports categories for sure, so I'll probably ask those. But there is like movies, TV, food, stuff like right. that as well. Yeah, that would be fun uh, to do that as well. Um, so here we go, okay. the DC sports trivia question of the week. A 2015 Forbes magazine report listed the Redskins as the third most valuable franchise in the NFL. What two teams surpassed them in the most valuable rankings? Okay, most valuable franchises in the NFL. Um, think well, of I got to think. Uh, 2015. Okay, I mean. I feel like the franchise that's always going to be in the conversation for value is probably the Cowboys. So I'd probably put Dallas in the top two. That is so one. That's one of them. Now, the other one is an interesting question. Very. 
I'm just trying to rack my brain here. I don't... Take your shirt I, off. It'll help you. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> I, do, I don't think it, it, it's going to be one of the California teams. I just don't. I just uh, My initial thought is that's not going to be the case. My guess is it may be East Coast. Okay. I'm thinking... I'd I mean, love to be in your brain right now, just trying to figure out what you're thinking of. Yeah, sorry. I, I won't drag this out. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it might be... Honestly, I think it might be the Giants. I feel like the Giants, just because of the fact that they're in New York, might have a, a, a ton of value there. Because I'm trying to think of any other possible guess. I mean, the Patriots, obviously, like that's probably top 10, but I think I'm I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with the Giants, New York Giants. The correct answer is oh no I'm wrong, the the New England Patriots. Oh okay 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 so I was I was thinking that I mean the Giants have to be up there too though I gotta think I'm sure they are yeah I'm sure they are damn yeah (sighs) okay okay all right I got one of two one of two I'll take it mainly because I I love those lists. Because if you think about it, you go back to 2015. That's when Tom Brady was. I mean, it was, oh, it was the height. That, that was the clue. That was yeah. the key. I should have should have uh, focused on the year a little bit more. No, right. that was that was a good question. I love I love those types of lists of like most valuable sports franchises in the world and things like right. that. It's like most of the lists, it's soccer teams, you know, at the top, and then like uh, you know, you sprinkle in some of the other some. Of oh the yeah, teams. you got. I think in that same list, if I'm not mistaken, if I recall correctly, you had. Barcelona and Real Madrid were oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. two of the top five. Then obviously you had the Cowboys, Redskins, Patriots, mm-hmm. and then I think Yankees were up there as yeah. well. So yeah, you had you had those teams that were up there that were pretty much the givens. But the Patriots, it's like I said, the year that's a was sneaky one. That's the year, a sneaky exactly. One. That's why I asked it because the year was the clue. But at the same time, you think about it, and you're like, the Patriots. The Patriots don't even play in Boston. Number one, number two, it's like. I mean, what else they got going for them? I mean, it's right. it's, it's it's not like a Foxborough. Yeah, like, you, I mean, you think that the Celtics have a more of a of a presence in, I guess you could say, money standards than than the Patriots do. But I, I guess because the Patriots, you get the I mean, the New England area being so weird, it's like true, you true. you have some of these states that don't have pro teams in football, and yeah, so they kind right. of adopt the Patriots, Connecticut, and things like that, like. You know, so I think that might be uh, part of it as well. Um, let's uh, finish off this week with the money line, sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, no new read this week, but we'll be doing a read next week for uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, for yeah, which is in uh, a week from this Sunday. So we got a little time there. We'll give you all the promos heading into that. So look out for next week. Uh, but yeah, so we'll just go right into it. The money line, uh, my picks of the week, my lock. I, I I like the Eagles here. I, I like the Eagles. They were my Super Bowl pick. As much of a crap that we gave them earlier in the show and their easy yeah, path, right, right. I still have them winning. Um, minus two. I, I mean, I, I think that's fine um, for a line for me. Like, I think I could easily see them uh, winning by, even if it's just a field goal. Uh, I, I, I like the Eagles minus two. They're going to be my, my Super Bowl pick this year. My dog. I was looking at the anytime, anytime touchdown. AJ Brown, I feel like in the Super Bowl, you always get these weird moments where like a guy you didn't necessarily expect has a big play. And I'm not not I mean, no disrespect to AJ Brown. Obviously, you know, he's been around a while. He's a great player. He had eleven touchdowns this year. But 
I just feel like out of all the guys that you would possibly put on any time TD bet, he's not he's not up there. Obviously, it's plus money. So I, I like A.J. Brown, the old fella, catching a touchdown here in this one. Uh, anytime TD for him, plus 110 is the are the odds there currently on DraftKings. Honestly, when you're looking at it, I think that plus 110 is, is pretty solid because that's one of the guys that gets targeted in the red zone and also can make a big play, but also you're looking at – you know, you're not going to get plus money with Miles Sanders. You're not going to get plus right, right. money uh, with <laughs> Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get plus money with those type of guys. I think you should obviously look at uh, uh, Pacheco. Pacheco might have. A, I, I looked have at a that too. That, it was. It was. I think Pacheco is also around plus one ten. So I was right. looking at him and AJ Brown went with AJ Brown. But I agree for those listening at home. If you want any time touchdown with plus money, I think Pacheco or Brown would be the the two possible options. I need to throw Pacheco in my yeah. big uh, $200 uh, Super Bowl thing and uh, like Super Bowl it. parlay like me and my buddy do. All right, so my picks of the week, my like, my, my like, my I like this lock. Uh, like the this lock, lock. Devontae Smith, six-plus catches. Don't have the okay. exact number right now, uh, but uh, last week I think six-plus catches uh, gave him, I think it was plus one. 110 or something of that nature. Devontae Smith, besides his past week, he's had six or more in four of his last five games. So I think Devontae Smith, uh, if A.J. Brown goes out there, maybe gets two or three catches with your touchdown, uh, I think Devontae Smith is going to be trying to get a lot more uh, in routes and also go routes and different things of that nature and also getting the lesser of the two cornerbacks for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And my dog, I'm going with the Chiefs' money line. I mean, honestly – I don't think the Chiefs really looked great, but I think these two weeks are going to give Pat Mahomes the opportunity to rest. I think this whole entire week he's probably just going to get treatment and rest, look at film of the Eagles, and then next week's going to be his hard practice week um, because, honestly, you're looking at two weeks of of prep time. I think the Chiefs prep very well because Andy Reid's a boss. Nick Sirianni, sure. Okay, he goes out there and he beats you know a lackluster Giants team, and he also you know just dismantles. Kind of tired a, of Nick Sirianni. Yeah, honestly. I mean a seventh string you know Minnesota Fleet or whatever the hell Josh Johnson was on. He beats those teams, but right. when you have to come up against the uh, AFC Championship continuation uh, appearances of the Kansas City Chiefs, and now in the third Super Bowl uh, in just as many years for like, the Chiefs, I think they got a really good shot. So Chiefs money line for me. I, I like. I, I mean, I, I think. I mean, I could totally see the Chiefs winning too, obviously. But like with Sirianni, like when that whole scuffle happened towards the end of the game, and Trent Williams shoved down uh, the guy, yeah, and like right, there was right. that thing. Sirianni like walks back to the sideline. He's like going like this to the fans. Oh, I saw that like too. That. I was like, "What the?" It's like, "What are you doing, man? You like show a little like, hey, we still have a big game to go here. We've won this one. We're gonna go try to win a Super Bowl." Like. These guys are. You should be pissed that your guys are getting in scraps at the end of the game, where it's like, hey, we can't get any suspensions here, guys. Like the Super Bowl's coming up. Right. Like, don't nobody do something stupid, and he's just waving his arms at the crowd. It's like, come on, man, what are you doing? This isn't yeah. like a high school basketball game. I just uh, feel like he's. I feel like he is now. I don't know exactly how old he is. He has to be probably in his forties, something like that. But yeah, I, I feel like he's like a Sean McVay without the class. I think Sean yeah. McVay, uh, white trash uh, McVay, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's well, forty-one. Yeah. He's forty-one. Okay, yeah. So there you go. So I think McVay got his first job. I think McVay might be forty this year or something like that. But you're looking at it, you're saying Sean McVay when he got hired, you know, he was well respected in the offensive field and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I just think that honestly, he McVay doesn't get any trouble or anything like that. But also, 
he's very fiery, but he's fiery for his own team. He's not fiery to like, oh yeah, let me get the crowd riled up because we're up thirty-one to seven, and and you know it's like, who cares, dude? Like like show that you are the leader. Like now, Ron Rivera, I don't think he, he might still be on the field in that statue pose yeah. that he still has. Yeah. But like yeah, we don't want that like you, the way you, you, he is. Yeah, exactly. You 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 don't you don't see. I mean, even though you know we don't like that, we we still don't see him sitting there looking at like you know Billy and 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 Joe in the stands that are wasted out of their mind, flicking the bird to Trent yeah. Williams, and then all of a sudden like him sitting there like yeah guys come on look here. like dude you're you're trying to fire him up. Just just wait. Watch you go out there and have a losing season, and then all of a sudden they're going to get Duracells and just start chucking them at you and spit right. on you. Yeah. It's stuff. so unnecessary. It's like, it's like it's it's you're trying to seem cool, but it really. I know was, what you're honestly, saying. Let's be honest. I know what you're saying. It's like I'd rather have a steady. In the NFL, in particular, it's like okay, yeah, for like some other sports and basketball and things like that, like having a coach that's getting hyped up. Like, all right, I, I don't mind that as much. In the NFL, it's kind of like. You don't really need that. Like, you don't right. really need – I mean, think about some of the best coaches in the league. It's like, you know, the, really the only guy that can kind of be a clown sometimes like that and it works is Pete Carroll when the Seahawks were doing good. Like, True. Pete Carroll yeah. pumps up his guys. But, you know, the Belichicks, the Reeds, like these guys – well, first of all, if Reed tried to throw his arms up like that, he would have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, most of the successful coaches in this league, like, you don't see them doing that kind of clown stuff. Like – it's like this isn't college football or anything like that. This is the NFL. Uh, it's I mean, ABC, look, it, is it that it, big of a deal? No, I'm not going to like you know make a federal case out of it. But it, it just annoyed me. It just annoyed me. Yeah, it, it, I honestly, I saw the exact same thing you're talking about. It's like you, you see Dan Campbell for your Lions go out there, and yeah, that guy's fiery and stuff like that. But Detroit sucks. Like Detroit <laughs> always has sucked. He's trying to build and and inject some life. And he's not doing team. that to the fans either. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like pumping up his own guys. Yeah. Like coaches pumping up their own guys on the sideline. It's like, yeah, that's fine with me, honestly, for the most part. It's like if you need to get that energy injected in your team and that might help you win, it's like, yeah, I get that. But to go to the fan, like Dan Campbell, you don't really – he doesn't do that. He doesn't go right, to the fans right. and like go like this and can you hear – can you smell <laughs> what The Rock is cooking? Like he doesn't do that stuff. I, that's the clown stuff, bro. Well, that's, well, that's, well you also Bryce know – Harper. That's clown stuff, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what's funny is – it's a cl- yeah, it's a clown stuff, bro. Uh, the funny thing is you see like Harbaugh as well, not, uh, Jim, not John. <sighs> Jim is sitting there and he's, you know, he's he's smacking, you know, Alex Smith and 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 Kaepernick and all these guys like smacking their head and all this kind of like trying to get him pumped up and trying to like like tell him to get in the game and all this kind of stuff. But he's sitting there again. That's fiery with your team. Yeah. It's not fiery right, right, right. trying to rile up a crowd after a miniature brawl and then all of a sudden your team doesn't need to be involved in. <laughs> exactly. And then the sole fact that you sit there and all, and say Trent Williams because he's ejected. He's walking off the field now. I'm shocked I didn't see anything. But if you sit there and all of a sudden like you get the crowd riled up, they're all drunk and all this kind of stuff, like on in a frenzy. Then all of a sudden you see this guy get uh, you know like I said a, a Budweiser bottle or something like that and just yeah, chuck, chuck it, it at Trent from, Williams yeah. from from thirty yards away and like connect. Like come on now, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I I didn't like that, but. Whatever, I'm still triggered. Still my Super We're Bowl triggered. Pick. Yeah, I know. We're just piling on Philly tonight. Uh, besides that, people, check out everything on social media at the DC Crossover at Cerrone 16 and on TikTok, the DC Crossover podcast, as well as the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe we'll be announcing some some new partnerships in the near future. We'll see. We'll keep you posted on that. Besides but check that, out John Z, by the way, too. John, yeah, John Z. Z. New studio. Yeah. We're going to have him on the show this summer. That is a guarantee. Yo, we should do is we should we summer. should we should have our shirts off when he comes on. 
That's an idea. That's an idea right there. That's why you're the ideas guy. Uh, DC Crossover, episode 141. We'll see you next time.